0: Hello, and welcome to the Fad and Dad Podcast. I'm Father Andrew Dickinson. His friends call him Fad. I'm Joshua Burks.
1: His kids call him Dad. And we're the Fad and Dad Podcast, where faith is meaningful,
0: and wit is an occasional guest. <laughs> you got to come to this boys. <laughs> oh, man. So, uh, hey uh, everyone, this is uh, Find Father Dickinson, and I am the fat of Fat and Dad. Oh no.
1: <laughs> I'm the same, but I'm, I'm, the, I'm the fat dad of Fat and Dad. I'm Josh, I should say my name. I'm Joshua Burks, uh, and I'm the dad, and we, we both felt Christmas, apparently. Fat and Dad bod. <laughs> we, we have fat and dad bods. Yes, we are. We are recording in the Christmas tide, post the wave of Christmas treats and alcohol. And
0: I'm still trying to get rid of Christmas treats. The people are so generous. Yes, it's amazing. And yeah, uh,
1: yeah. I have a confession to make to my mom. We'll see if she listens. Here's here's. We'll know <laughs> if she listens to Fat and Dad or how long it takes her to get to current episodes. She sent us with a cake home that she. <laughs> and um, we had it Christmas, Christmas night and we only ate about half of it and she's like you guys take it I walked in and I threw it straight in the trash <laughs> I'm so sorry mom it was a great cake but I just like I couldn't do it anymore I can't I can't take more desserts into my house
0: yeah yeah
1: <laughs> and it turns out it turns out that um, my oldest son Elijah got this little basketball game and it has these little basketballs and we put that in a Ziploc bag. Apparently, that went in the same bag as the cake. So the next morning, <laughs> the next morning, I'm texting my mom, Mom, we can't find these little basketballs. Do we leave them at your house? She goes, You silly. It was in the bag with the cake. <laughs> so I went dumpster diving <laughs> to, to salvage this present.
0: So, as a son, you lost <laughs> points. As a dad, you gain points. Holding steady. Holding oh. steady. <laughs> it's
1: uh, neutral. Net neutral.
0: Oh, goodness gracious. Oh. Yeah. Well, this is not a Christmas episode because we don't do Christmas episodes.
1: No, we're a timeless podcast. Right.
0: We're trying to be timeless. But just letting you know, dear listeners, <laughs> that when we recorded this, it's still in the octave.
1: Yeah. But h- listen to it during Lent if you want.
0: Yeah, listen to it whenever.
1: Although we will treat, we will he Irenaeus does drop some kind of Christmas, like why did why did the word become man, type
0: right. of deal. It's very Christmassy. Why was he not from Joseph's offspring? Yes, and even like some of the next, we I don't think we'll get to all, of it even yeah later on in this book. Uh, so we're in we're reading from Saint and Irenaeus of Lyon, uh, and we're in Book Three, our third episode on Book Three, second episode on Book Three. Oh, no.
1: On book three, this might be our second or third. Yes. I think as a whole, it's St. Irenaeus part
0: four. Sure. So anyway, it's the increasingly inaccurately uh, numbered uh, podcasts about St. (laughs) Irenaeus in book three. But uh, we're going to do probably even another one on book three, because book three is just amazing. Oh, it's rich. And so we were like trying to plan out like, what do we... (laughs) what do we want to uh, talk about right. with book three? And we're like, uh, I don't want to do like a five hour podcast here.
1: Yeah. And in fad and dad fashion, we don't just want to skim over really substantial things uh, and do it in an in injustice. Yeah. But yeah, I was going to say book three is a lot like that cake that, that my mom sent. It's just, it's luscious. It's rich. It's good, but I'm not going to throw this one away.
0: I was going to say, let's not throw this one away. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um also before we dive in uh, with with the recording of this podcast, we we have a website.
0: Yes, we do now. <laughs> <laughs> we have a website.
1: <laughs> and it's wonderful. Um glorious. It's, it's Fat and Dad's little little brainchild project. So Merry uh, Christmas. It's Fad and Dad. Merry Christmas. Uh Go check it out. Learn a little about us. Uh,
0: listen to episodes. Is it fat? N dad or spelled out
1: yeah f a d a n d d a d
0: so you can't get a ampersand huh honestly didn't even didn't even try. <laughs> don't even know <laughs> i don't know question mark um cool did we also uh take up .org and uh .net no i we might need
1: sponsors to do that because uh. i don't <laughs>
0: I'll send you some cash. I'll you ven- I'll Venmo yeah, you for my there phone. There
1: we go. There we go. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You do that. <laughs> Your notepad can't Venmo. <laughs> oh, Fad does not have a smartphone. Fad has a Fad no. phone.
0: Although I think I might go Light Phone soon.
1: Is that like one of those phones that are like email, inter- or not even internet, just like text, email only?
0: Yeah, and it's like it's a screen like a Kindle. So yeah, it's at yeah. a
1: low refresh
0: rate. It's just black and white, and I've couple... I've always been on the sideline interested by those. Uh, a Friend of mine from Aberdeen has one. One of my parishioners, a friend here, has one, and mm. just was talking to him at uh, his house very kindly for uh, lunch on Christmas Day, and we were talking a bit about it, and so mm. you can voice to text on it. Ooh, Ooh fancy! Yeah.
1: Look at Fad. Look at it's two thousand seven for him. Did you know you
0: <laughs> Voice to text wasn't a thing even like when you first got a phone. What are you talking about? <laughs>
1: I don't know. I'm just slipping in there. Two thousand seven, know your history. At some at some point we'll talk about you. Even, you, you
0: you could even buy a lottery ticket in two thousand seven. Uh
1: no. No I couldn't. not because I was Youngin.
0: <laughs> yeah, you were you you even in high school in two thousand seven? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yes, yes, I was. Okay, okay, I was in high school in two thousand seven. Okay, that's what's up.
0: <laughs> well, what's up with uh, San Ynez of Leon? And you was know, so can kind of overview what are we going to talk about today? So a lot of stuff with like uh, the can that. There is only one God revealed in the scriptures, Old Testament and New. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that God uh, is the God who creates the world, the God who redeems the world. Uh, there's no difference uh, in that mm-hmm. God. Uh, we we'll are talk a bit about uh, some of the writings in uh, the New Testament, Old Testament, their connectivity that way. Um, also going to talk a bit about, especially then St. Paul, uh Josh is going to get really excited about a connection between St. Paul and St. Luke. Um, <laughs> and then uh, some more about the identity of Christ himself for sure mm. today in Fat and Dad. Boom. Great outline.
1: Thanks. Um, <clears throat> so I'm going to land us in about chapter 12 of this book 3 so uh, or paragraph 12 however if you're reading along with us section oh, sorry, like, 12
0: the, yeah okay go ahead cuz 12 has no, paragraphs so, yeah. cuz it's like books chapters right. and paragraphs right
1: yeah yeah so it'd be like 3.12.1 yes. uh, and that's how a lot of um, like church fathers sections it's just uh, partitioned off into different <clears throat> yeah
0: ooh fun fact fun fact Yo. Did you know uh, that the Bible wasn't written by chapter and verse. Amen. And so, uh, I, know, I know you knew that since you're a biblical scholar, Supreme. But uh, so, like, when Irenaeus wrote this, I don't think he probably wrote it in books or chapters, but just that's how oh, it's that's been broken good, yeah. up. Yeah. That's how it's been divided up by editors and others and scholars yeah. in order to better be able to reference. delve into it, reference it, yeah. know where you are. Same thing with the scriptures. So it wasn't like, you know, Matthew had some editor saying, hey, listen, buddy, we already printed the bindings and yep. <laughs> you got to fill 28 <laughs> chapters in your gospel. i throw a little more parables in here to try and lengthen it out a bit, you know. Um, no. So chapters were put in by scholars and then later on after that, verses were put in. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. if you don't know scripture, chapter and verse, that's fine. Neither did St. Augustine. Yeah.
1: Preach. Yeah. Nor did Irenaeus.
0: Nor did Irenaeus. Nor did did Irenaeus. That's why it's like nowadays if you read something that's kind of churchy, religious, they might say like have a footnote. Look at Romans chapter 7 verse 5 for more information. But they'd never do that. Like St. Paul would just say, oh, the apostle says this. Yep. And St. Irenaeus talks about that too. Oh, the apostle Peter talks about this. As the apostle says. Right.
1: Right. Mm -hmm. As the scripture says. Right. Yep. Great side point. Thanks. So in, I I forgot what we decided. Hey! (laughs)
0: Uh, Chapter 12, uh, book 3, chapter 12, in the paragraphs. Paragraphs, yeah. Um,
1: Just one quote that comes from Irenaeus, simply saying, he is the same God who was announced by Peter as having fulfilled his promise. Uh, He's talking especially about the activity of the apostles in the book, Acts of the Apostles, uh, following the Gospel of John. And it's really this whole section that he's beginning here in chapter 12 where he's talking about, as Fad introduced in, in the outline, that the God of the Old Testament is the same God of the New Testament. And there is there's harmony and unity and in continuity between these two testaments. Right. The God that created Adam, the God that covenanted with Abraham, Isaac and uh, Moses and David is the same God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, is the same Trinity that's revealed in the New, and that is just one of the big, big thrusts, really, of Irenaeus right now. Because remember, he's he's battling this heresy that we'll broadly call Gnosticism. But as Irenaeus himself admits, Gnosticism is just gnarly, <laughs> and it it's it's it believes a lot of different contradicting things. Um, it's confusing, but it pro- it professes uh, a lot of different gods. Mainly, that the God of the Old Testament is a different deity than the God of the New Testament.
0: Not disputing anything you said there. Just curious about your use of the word gnarly. And maybe it's because I'm Gen X and a group with like movies like Cleaning the Cube and Rad, which are about like skate and bike culture. But like gnarly used to be a complimentary. Mm, I, I was a gnarly, gnarly trip. So mm. tell me, yeah. So like, narcissism was gnarly. I'm like, Dude, what's happening? You're approving you're Gnosticism?
1: <laughs> no, I think of gnarly as like mind trippy. Gnarly, confusing. I don't know. I'm, I, 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 I see that. I'm, I'm
0: feeling gnarled by your use of gnarly.
1: <laughs> the generational divide shows itself. <clears throat>
0: yeah, I'm not sure what's going
1: on. I'm often known for making up my own definitions as well.
0: Uh, what's the... Uh, Where do you need to eradicate... Impactful, impactful. There we go. Uh, gnarly comes from gnarled, twisted trees and gnarly twisted. roots. It also could be difficult, dangerous, or challenging. Hmm. I'm. I'm gonna take the bell on this one. Ding ding ding. <laughs> <laughs> Unpleasant or unattractive. Oh. But also keep that, going. Uh, uh, very good, excellent. So That's really kind of. <laughs>
1: It means whatever you want it to mean. Right,
0: dude. <laughs> gnarly. Well, that's just uh, so, very relativistic suffice it to say. That, re- very relativistic for language to be devoid from its actual meaning. Yeah, right. <laughs> so anyways, Gnosticism is cray-cray. And gnarly. And gnarly.
1: Yeah. So Gnosticism is, is confusing, but probably it's most, there were many different forms and little expressions of Gnosticism. Marcion perhaps being the most famous um, champion of, of one of the most famous belief systems, but that the God of the old Testament was different. Um, you, You read of one God in the old Testament and then Jesus comes this, this Jesus figure comes and reveals his father. And that's a different God from the old Testament. And so that's why Irenaeus takes so much time to elaborate, especially in the scriptures. Look, look at what Peter's preaching. He's preaching the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He's preaching the God of David. He's preaching the God of the Old Testament, the God that made Adam, uh, the God that spoke through the prophets. And over and over and over, he's making this prophetic connection. Uh, between, especially in the, in chapter twelve here, Acts of the Apostles and the Old Testament, that this is not a different God that Jesus came to reveal, but He came to fully reveal and make manifest the God that created the world uh, and redeemed Israel in the Old Testament. And I think that's important, uh, not just as like a you know an intellectual nugget on what Irenaeus is doing, but I think that's a really unspoken common spirit of today especially with a lot of just fringe Christianity. Like I'm sure you probably see this even more as a pastor than I do as a teacher uh, that people have a really hard time encountering, you know, Jesus or encountering God in the old Testament, or there's just a a much more of a familiarity with, you know, if I want to meet Jesus, you know, I can only go to the gospels or the new Testament and there's just this divide on, well, God is just different in, in the old
0: Testament. Right, and almost kind of a rejection of God in the Old Testament. Yep. That uh, there's not much to be considered there, not much to be learned from there. Um no. You know, uh, yeah, So and I think you will find, so you might even find this in some preaching uh, yeah. sometimes, uh, even in from priests or deacons, bishops. Mm-hmm. But you might find some preaching right where um, we view... Uh, how would you say it? we view um, we, we view the Old Testament God as somehow bad, and Jesus is is the good one. Yeah. The Old Testament God yeah. vengeful, New Testament God merciful, Old Testament God yeah. um, judging, New yeah. Testament God forgiving, and all that. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So i I think that Irenaeus is just as important for the modern reader as the the ancient Gnostic reader uh, to really double down and reinforce this continuity of, of Revelation in the Bible. Um, that one one singular God, three persons and one God, is being revealed from Genesis through Revelation. And that's, that's the fun task that I enjoy promoting as a teacher, is to read the Old Testament and hear Jesus speak. Um, <clears throat> Not only just in the lines where you know God is speaking in quotations, but but in the whole inspired text is the revelation of God. Uh, so I just I found that striking kind of right off the bat of the second half of Book Three. Um, he's encountering this in what the the third century, Se- third or fourth century? I forget where are we? He's third century. Earlier,
0: second century. Nice. Yes.
1: Uh, so yeah, even earlier. Uh, Irenaeus, in different terms, is really just fighting against the same spirit that I think is really popular today, even if people don't know how to articulate it. I think if you if you kind of pressed them, they would make some pretty, uh, pretty hard lines of differentiation between the God in the old and the God of the new. Yeah,
0: and I think, but again, I think for most people it's not a considered line, whereas mm-hmm. for you know, uh, Irenaeus's opponents, it's a considered, deliberate, chosen line where. Yep. I think it's just the lack of good catechesis for many people. Yeah, of our yeah,
1: yeah, very true.
0: Yeah, very true. Uh, on, a,
1: on a little more specific toward his Gnostic audience, though, I really like this little move that he makes in paragraph six, where he's talking about, um, you know, if Jesus came to reveal this more perfect God and Father than the Old Testament God, which I forget of the many confusing Gnostic names that, they call the Old Testament God. Is that the demiurge one? Sure. I don't there's, even know. <laughs> sure. Ones. Let's call it let's call it Demiurge. Yep. Then why and again he's looking at Acts of the Apostles specifically in this section, why are the apostles so concerned with preaching Jesus? If according to Gnosticism, if Jesus was just kind of the middleman to saying, wait, there's a more perfect God and Father who's more perfect than your Old Testament demiurge, and Jesus is just kind of the middleman who reveals it, who's not one with that perfect father, then why are the apostles so bent on preaching Jesus unless Jesus was one with the father? Uh, and Jesus is the one who redeemed humanity in his, in his passion. Uh, so I, I, I just liked that little subtle sidestep that he makes of, well, if, if Jesus was kind of just a middleman, Irenaeus doesn't call Jesus a middleman, in Gnosticism, that's right. just kind of like my own interpretation. But if Gnosticism sees Jesus as a middleman, why is the New Testament so concerned with Jesus as as Lord and Christ instead of only focusing on the Father? Right.
0: <clears throat> Boom.
1: Paragraph, yeah. Uh, 12 was just a like a firework show for me. Yeah, you've got like we 18
0: could, uh, paragraphs from, from <laughs> chapter 12 that you want to look at.
1: I know, I don't mean to hog the, all the air here on on Fad and Dad, now that we're in, you know, our 21st episode.
0: <laughs> Why don't you talk about, uh, how about 12.8 for a moment?
1: Oh, man, yeah. Okay, so here's a line from Irenaeus uh, in 12.8, 3.12.8. He says, For you ought to know that scriptural proofs cannot be illustrated except from Scripture. And there was a great footnote on that line just from the, from the author or editor, uh, not from Irenaeus himself. Uh, and it said that this single sentence is a concise summary of Irenaeus's exegetical method. Side note, exegetical just means uh, the way that you read and interpret scripture. Uh, it goes on to say, It's a summary of his method insofar as he can be described as having one. It is only from within the scriptural heritage of the church— That an exposition of her beliefs is possible. To turn away from this heritage and attempt an explanation by other means is to rebel, not to explain. Mm. And I think this is why I love that Irenaeus has been dubbed the doctor of unity, because he sees um, in the church and in her scriptures, he sees this unity of faith, this unity of the deposit of faith. And so uh, these, these proofs that he goes to turn to can only be illumined and expounded within that working tradition. Like you can't go outside of that working tradition to either create new proofs or I don't know what, whatever you want to do there. Um, right. But he's just working within this framework. Um, I'm on the verge of uh, census fidei, Would that be an appropriate insertion here with Kind of reading scripture in the sense of faith.
0: Well, of fidei, I think more is sort of to faithful, not faith. Sure. So I think you're talking more of like an ecclesial reading of the scriptures. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or from within faith itself in mm-hmm. that regard. I think those, and then that is certainly, you know, uh, St. Augustine says like, I believe in the scriptures because I believe the church.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah uh even thinking of the church and her doctrine right a lot of uh, a non-catholic christian from the outside looking in thinks that you know um the catholic church has scripture yeah but then they have their doctrines those made-up rules that they have uh one of my favorite lines is just like this one sentence banger from pope benedict the 16th where he says doctrine is nothing other than an interpretation of scripture sure uh, so even, you know, the church in her magisterium with her bishops gathered around the Bishop of Rome, as as the church kind of reflects on her doctrine, all she's doing really is reflecting even deeper upon the mysteries revealed in Scripture and tradition. Yep. Yeah, I thought that was a great line.
0: Yes. in 12 you want to dig into?
1: Oh, man. Oh, man. Or should we, we go on to 14? Time? Let's go on
0: to 14. Okay. <laughs> we should.
1: Yeah. So um, okay, I'll just drop, I'll, I'll drop this and then I, then you need, I, I should stop talking. <laughs> um, so chapter 14, he talks about which gospel? Luke. Luke. Um, and it's really important, I think, that Irenaeus is talking about Luke because Luke was the gospel that Marcion was like hyper concerned about, so it's fitting sure. that he takes um, takes a turn to talk about Luke. Uh, but I I just I liked it because he's talking about in chapter fourteen. Um, he starts talking about Luke uh, as companion to Paul, and he I think that he might be the first church father to point out the quote we passages sure. uh, of Acts of the Apostles. Could where you explain in summary, what
0: the we passages are? Because right now I'm thinking about like is this about some. <laughs> Uh, bathroom issues And the travels Of the Acts of the Apostles What are the wee passages Or maybe they're Small the weed, passages The wee little the passages So what are the wee passages In your scripture Yeah Talk language
1: I um I can't remember The exact places Without my Without my teacher notes I know 16 is one of them Acts 16 But it's It's in Acts of the Apostles Where it begins The author of Acts Is never Self-identified You know Acts of the Apostles Doesn't sure. end with like Sincerely Luke
0: Yeah But,
1: yeah, (laughs) Luke. Uh, But we do get these sections where the author of Acts of the Apostles is saying, and Paul went here, and they traveled there, and then they came here. And then we went to Troas, and then we went to Lystra, and then they moved on to blah, blah, blah. And this happens three different cycles, where the author comes in and out of using first-person language. Yep. As to imply that the author, who is, who is Luke, as Irenaeus points out, was traveling with Paul during some of these episodes.
0: Sure. First person plural. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So that's just a beautiful point in that way. And then you also point out this is so we see the intimacy between Luke and Paul. Mm-hmm. And the notion, and I think in, was it last episode where we talked about the four Gospels? And they talk about, and I think Irenaeus refers to Luke's gospel as written by Paul. Or excuse me, Paul's gospel written down by Luke. And Mark writing Peter's gospel and Matthew and John writing their own gospels, right? Um, Which is just a profoundly nuanced vision and understanding of the authorship of the gospels. Uh, Mm -hmm. That it would take modern scholars to have to rediscover these ideas. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yes and some still haven't but um, yeah so here he's kind of going more in detail on this and why if you will that he has this notion that Luke is writing out the gospel that Paul preached mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because of their intimacy because of their travels uh, yep. being together and so on and yeah Luke most certainly when he would preach the gospel he would be preaching from what Paul had taught him
1: yeah yeah precisely and so he, he goes on to make this case that um, so Marcion famously took the gospel of Luke and some letters of Paul and he, you know, um, for lack of a better word, takes a scalpel and, you know, cuts out the sections that he didn't like. But Irenaeus is basically saying um, it's kind of an A equals B equals C. Like if if Paul was a companion to the apostles and, an, and a chosen apostle by the Lord, and if Luke was his companion— we can't just pick and choose what we like from Luke and Paul. Like we either have to take it all or none of it. And this is what Marcion and and a lot of the Gnostics were doing. We're just kind of picking and choosing. But Irenaeus is saying, look, this is Luke's writing of, of Paul's preaching of the Lord's deposit. And we can't just pick this into parts and choose what we're going to take and what we're not going to take.
0: It's interesting, too, because that's the same add to Jesus demands about himself. Mm-hmm, yeah. So, like, with uh, we're recording this on December 27th, the Feast of the Apostle John. And in my homily for St. John today, talking about, um, you know, John having encountered uh, the Word of God in fullness and in depth in Jesus, and him always, like, kind of preaching from a very... Real physical in writing, always from a very real physical encounter. So like his writing on John 6 uh, mm-hmm. and the Bread of Life discourse and how Jesus kind of keeps towing the line, like, no, this is what I'm preaching. And if you don't like it, you, you can go somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, how many times, you know, the Lord holds that up and it's quite it's so often, it seems like in John's gospel, like, well, all right, yeah. Thomas, put your hand in my, your finger in my hand, your hand in my side you know, going to the resurrection and Thomas asking yeah. for that proof. Um, so in a certain sense, Irenaeus is asking of those who would be followers of Jesus to have the same attitude towards the scriptures and the church as what Jesus has towards himself.
1: Yeah, you're so right. Um <clears throat> thinking of that also just made me connect back to one of the first points we made. Like Mm. you can't just chop up what you want from Jesus. You can't just chop up what you want from Luke. You can't just chop up what you want from the whole Bible. Like uh, this began with the whole Bible dividing issue of, is the God of the old Testament different from the God of the new Testament? And it's just, it's this whole game of picking and choosing um, which exists in many, especially um, the offshoots of the offshoots of the offshoots, non-denominational Christian churches that, will we'll gladly pick and choose these things and get as much mileage out of them as, as they want while turning a turning a blind eye here. I also see that with church fathers a lot, a lot of non-Catholic Christian denominations. Uh, well, oh. doesn't Athanasius say this or Augustine say that while, you know, kind of keeping a blinder to the rest <laughs> of the things that Athanasius <laughs> and Augustine say?
0: Sure, sure. But also, too, I'm just thinking, like, even even for myself... I think if I didn't have the church to guide me in Mm -hmm. some ways, like my preaching and teaching would probably become just, you know, in a limited scope compared to like the fullness of what Christchurch is, what the church offers and what I'm asked for for my people because it's what the church offers.
1: Yeah. Thank goodness for the liturgical cycle and the lectionary that keep the context, that keep the whole in context. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, thinking of the liturgical cycle, uh, which, do you, do you want to hear the one involving uh, a major Christian musician or the one involving my buddy from college? College. Okay. So my buddy from college, uh, good guy, uh, Lutheran, and we were friends, and he uh, a job took him out to Denver where I was in the seminary. And we like hang out, you know, every like once a month or so. And I had maybe like a free weekend or something like that. We'd hang out sometimes snowshoeing. But anyways, uh, it was Easter time around the Ascension, and hmm. like, uh, like, well, you know, what do you guys do at your church this weekend? It's like, oh, we're starting Rick Warren's Forty Days of Purpose. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, like, he's like, what do you guys do? Like, we're gonna celebrate the fortieth day of Easter, the Ascension Easter. of our Lord into heaven. As it talks about in the Bible, <laughs> that's funny. That the 40th af- day after he rose, yeah, right? he ascended into heaven. He's like, oh, okay. <laughs> I was just like, I just found that hilarious. That like, you know, oh, the Bible funny. church, but
1: my um, my my Protestant convert to Catholic colleagues uh, share a very similar story of yeah. one of the first times they were at mass. I was like three four weeks after easter and everyone's saying peace be with you happy easter like that was that was forever ago yeah <laughs> eh, no party like a catholic party
0: because the catholic part don't stop mm. at least until the penitential seasons
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> um Fad, it's i don't even know how much time we've been doing this and we haven't even gotten into chapter 15
0: could we just briefly do chapter 15
1: let's do 15 and set up the cliffhanger for 18 boom
0: shakalaka
1: Let's do it. Boom goes the dynamite. Um, how to do? You want to set up fifteen?
0: Uh, not really because the one... <laughs> okay, I'll get, it. My, I'll get it. This is one of those ones where my book really didn't have a fifteen.
1: Oh, I yeah. get it now. And um, well, I'll
0: set the. I'll set this up. Uh, so fifteen. To me, I think fifteen is a little harder one to apply to this day because it's really much about mm. some of the more. Although, actually, well, teaser. I'm going to show you how 15 applies to a common uh, group today that people think is Christian.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I like that. Okay. Uh, So 15 uh, is a long chapter. And it's like, yeah, Fad nailed it, that it's pretty dense. Uh, It's some of the stuff that really had to be fine-tuned out in like the early councils of the church. Uh, Basically is the hypostatic union of the two natures in one person, uh, that Jesus was God and that God was man. And yeah.
0: Can I just quickly explain hypostatic?
1: Yeah, you should do that.
0: Cause it's not about African mammals and, uh, winter time where you shuffle your feet on carpet. Hypostatic. <laughs> okay. So, it's not. No. Huh? Uh, So, hypostatic is uh, a word from Greek brought into English, uh, and hypostasis, right, which is uh, the idea of uh, the substance or the reality of Mm -hmm. something, like, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, that uh, uh, Josh and I, in our reality, we are human beings. That is our, our, what we are. And so, the reality of God and Jesus Christ, that Jesus both has the full reality of God, And the full reality of uh, humanity united in one person. Person being a who, uh, he posts to say being what's. Yeah. So Uh, you're one who and one what. I'm one who and one what. Jesus is one who mm -hmm. with two what's.
1: Yeah. Like, what are you? God and man. Who are you? Jesus. Yeah. 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 Well done.
0: Just like you might, like Uh, if you hear... Like when you hear rustling in the bushes, when you're out uh, camping in the dark, you say, what is that? Yeah. And then yep. you figure out it's a person, then you'd say, who, who is, that? is that? Yeah.
1: Yeah. This far more than just Irenaeus was probably like the hottest topic that needed to be figured out in the early centuries of the church. For, for many centuries, even past Irenaeus. Uh, so many church fathers will treat this Many councils of the church will treat this and
0: we continue to rely on it. And we're two years away from the fifteen hundredth anniversary of the council about this question. The first council about this question.
1: Nice. Yeah. Um I haven't thought Nicaea. of that. I see ya. Yeah, yeah. Nice I didn't realize that was coming. nice. Yeah. I see ya. Nice, I see ya.
0: <laughs> uh, the council's in a uh, town called uh Nice. Anyways, I see even... ya. Was nice in France. Yeah. I need, I need some blood sugar. I don't do French. <laughs> so chapter 15.
1: Minor. Yeah. So, anyways. You're Go.
0: good. <laughs> chapter chapter
1: 15. 15 for Irenaeus starts to kind of broach this topic in that Gnosticism claimed in many different ways, but broadly claimed that uh, Jesus was a man born of Mary, maybe of Joseph too. Uh, And that Christ or the Christ was a different being person that kind of descended on Jesus later and were kind of swapped out at points. So that Jesus was out maybe preaching the, the parable of the lost coin, but then... Um, or christ was but then christ kind of left jesus's body when jesus died on the cross so christ didn't die or christ didn't have to suffer but then he comes back to rise from the dead and it's just a mess
0: as this notion that divinity in some way should not suffer or mesh with the lowly things of human existence
1: yeah and so they gnosticism really wants to put a hard dividing line between jesus and christ as often as we call him Jesus Christ, uh, they they're kind of viewing one body bag with two or more different agents. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm sorry, Jesus, that I just called you a body bag.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, no. I'm but, not the first to do it. But you're you're you weren't calling him that. You're saying other people call yeah. him that.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, uh, right. So, like one meat bag, uh, as some people might say nowadays about themselves. But yeah. uh, that. Could be inhabited by the person of Jesus or the person of the Christ, but the two aren't united, unlike yeah. the hypostatic union. Nice. In which the two what's, divinity Natures. and humanity, are united without diminishment, uh, without augmentation, but united in the one person of Jesus. And yep. from his conception through to this day in mm-hmm. the glory of heaven and at yep. every moment Amen. in between. And the really
1: big, you know, more than just nerding out on the technicalities of theology and Christology, whatnot, is it has implications for me. Like if if it wasn't God who died on the cross and Jesus was just a guy in the first century, like then the cross was just another Roman execution and it has no bearings on me. Right. I've, I'll never, um, Dr. Oh, I forget his first name. Uh, Dr. Seahorn who taught me church history. Uh, he was either doing Gnosticism or Arianism, something similar. And he always called it Jesus and Kyle. Like if Jesus kind of like left his body and Kyle was the one who died on the cross, like it, it Kyle's death might've been pious or righteous even, but like it has nothing to do for or on me
0: right if Doesn't just some it, guy it, named it,
1: kyle died two thousand years ago and
0: it has nothing to do with my relationship with god either with the divine exactly eternity yeah yes. it's just a human action on the human plane of existence yeah uh so interesting do you know uh the modern day group that calls itself christian that posits something like this
1: jw which is jehovah's witness
0: very good <laughs> And you also know of the major world religion that posits something like this. Ooh, hold up.
1: The major world religion? Yes. Um, in began, the Christian it began, flair? It, be,
0: it began after Christianity. Islam? Yes, correct. Uh,
1: you're going to have to hash out that one. I'm, I'm just not a, I don't know much about oh, Islam.
0: From what I understand... Uh, well, I know some, but I just, I know little. Correct. but from what I understand is that, uh, again, they reject the idea of the divinity of Jesus as well.
1: Oh, sure, that Jesus, Jesus was a prophet. prophet. Yes, 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 yes. Um, I thought it was maybe something on Muhammad. But yes, I am familiar with that one, that Jesus is not divine, he's not Allah, he's not one with him. Right. Just a prophet of Allah. And that's
0: part of why the, part of the uh, Islamic creed, right, Uh amongst the, the five main tenets, right, is the proclamation that there is no God but the law. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Because it's a, almost a direct statement against the claim that Jesus against Christ is Against Christianity. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and so maybe leave with a few thoughts here because then chapter 18, he goes on after this big, you know, introduction of this issue in chapter 15. Irenaeus is inevitably going to ask, why did God need to become man? Then, like why um, and so we'll, we'll begin to tease that question out in the next episode
0: but um, and that's where a lot of, like the recapitulations that we talked mm-hmm. about a bit in the previous episode a bit they're going to come really into play some beautiful typologies uh, so mm-hmm. it's like Mary and Eve and it'll be a, it'll yeah. be awesome yeah yeah um,
1: but just one of my favorite places to slow down and reflect in scripture is especially when St. Paul says lord jesus christ Mm. like he's making three (laughs) unique but but he's making one statement from three different angles there that jesus christ is lord sure like that man is god that jesus is the christ that that god is our man and messiah like it's just he's coming at one conclusion lord jesus christ that we just fly over like god father and our lord is just a phrase
0: yeah. (laughs) In our minds.
1: <laughs> but like to call Jesus Christ Lord, to call Jesus Christ, like, these are huge conclusions of the early church who has significant impact. And Irenaeus wants us to, to slow down and realize
0: that. Amen. Well, I hope for our dozens it of listeners, you might slow down whenever you hear this yeah. and listen to this and think about, uh, what we almost take for granted for use as a swear phrase. To right. yeah. express our displeasure, our slang, but it's actually uh, at the heart of the gospel message.
1: Jesus oh, Christ man. is
0: Lord. And so, uh, spend some time. What a
1: jest of the enemy to turn one of the most powerful names and phrases that we could say into a, yeah, Yeah. well said.
0: So, uh, until the next episode.
1: Until next time.
0: Spend some time with the Lordship of Jesus Christ.
1: Amen.